it's the, it's the P. 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 And J. the man can you submit to a man can you play the background when you say play the background what do you mean yeah, 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 yeah. You know what it is, man. We're back. We're back. This is episode 32. I had to give a little teaser because I think yeah. this episode is going to be a good episode. But I also wanted to give I wanted to give a shout out to 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 my my my, my co-host, man. I miss you guys. I, it's been a, a minute since we've all been here together. So I wanted to yeah. I wanted to celebrate the the uh the moment by a little jingle. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't, we couldn't yeah, keep it nice and plain, Jane. You know, here at the PB and J podcast, we all about that flavor, man. So, welcome back, to episode number thirty-two. I am one of your hosts, Old Man Professor, aka Prince. We gonna toss it off to the next one. I guess this on me. This is uh, B, aka B Already, aka Young Gifted. What's cracking, y'all? It's your boy Jay, aka Young Proletariat. And as always, we gotta say what up to the resident. Does she have an intro? Nah, Fluff is just still back in the building. Fluff is still back. (laughs) (laughs) All this time, all this time. <laughs> so yeah, man. I want. I wanted to, to. To. I'm happy that we back together. That we, you know, finally reconvened. Life happened, so we had to take a little bit, a little bit of a hiatus. But, uh, like I said, we are back. But the one thing I wanted to start it off with is a couple. I want to say about a month ago, two months ago, we did an episode of. Uh, remember, Gorilla Girl or Gorilla Woman at that point. Um, but now her 15 minutes of fame is actually extending because she has has a new hair care line so my question <laughs> i thought i thought this was very ironic right because Yo, stop it. no no and this is this is why i i when i saw it i had to take a screenshot because i was like i just cannot this cannot That's be not happening it's it's real so i mean anyone who want to see it you go on complex.com there's a video of her actually making a pitch for her hair care products but uh Miss Tessica Brown, she's using a, a a hair care product that I guess helps enhance and grow your hair. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's ironic com- considering no hair. <laughs> well, right, considering that she had to have all her hair chopped off because of a stupid ass yeah. mistake. Um, but as a consumer, Jay's face is killing me right now. <laughs> as a consumer, I'm, I'm befuddled. Yeah, right. So th- it. it and I think I know where you're going with this, right, Jay? Because I was befuddled too. So, as a consumer, do you trust this line of product to to, to put in no. your hair? Fucks <laughs> no! I don't trust. I don't trust the per, the producer. Like who? What the fuck? No! Like no! In the no, words of Randy Jackson, it's a no for me, dog. Hell yeah! No, you fucked up forever, Shorty. I'm sorry. This just ain't your field anymore. You don't have to do something. I'd rather see her in a celebrity box than that. <laughs> Okay. I can see her as like an, yeah, a, a, you know, a, a representative for Gorilla Glue. 
Like, but not in no yep. hair. Like, you know, be an ambassador for Gorilla Glue because the shit clearly really works. Right. Now, yeah. see, that's what that's where I was going. Like, my line of thought was, okay, if she's going to extend this 15 minutes of fame, the natural and most, I guess, easiest way to do that would be signing on with Gorilla Glue. Like, the shit yes. works. Like, we all saw well, they, that they the shit probably worked. didn't want to be associated with that level of stupidity, though. <laughs> right. Right. So, this, I don't even know what hair, what hair line product it is, but I was just thinking, like, I don't know if that was the smart play by going after someone who glued their hair to their, to their, to their scalp. I can't. Like, you know what this, you know what this reminds me of? Because I just got finished watching a dial, like a four part documentary on Amazon about mm. them. Is Lorena Bobbitt and John Bobbitt? Oh. Y'all remember the John Bobbitt? For those of y'all that don't remember, John Bobbitt was the dude who got his. Lorena Bobbitt's the one who cut it, her husband's penis off mm. because he he was wild or whatever, mm. right? But after the fact, this man decided to go into porn. He wanted to make a porn movie to prove that his shit still <laughs> really worked. And we all yeah. know how that career yeah. spanned out for him. But, you know, panned out for him so my thing is like it's kind of the same parallel like his shit was fucked up he wanted to prove hey i got this that shit didn't work she's in the same boat she fucked her shit up and she's trying to prove in the same field like hey y'all could trust me with this no we can't your dick is chopped off too your dick is not functional it's just like her hair dick does not work (laughs) did you just say her hair dick that's the name of the episode hair dick (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't work. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got to figure out that hustle show. Sorry. Your hair I'm dick so doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't. Your hair dick doesn't work, my nigga. I was see. I thought I was going hard because I was just gonna say like, yo. If I'm her child after that video, like you can't do my hair no more. Like, oh, Daddy does my hair. You know what I mean? Like, I think you actually mentioned that too in the episode. Yeah, I want to say you Dude. mentioned that because, like, she has four Whoa. kids. Yeah, like, like I'd be in bed. Like, yeah, we did talk about because we were like, niggas gonna go back to school. Like, yo, that's your mom. Your mom's okay. nigga. <laughs> so now, now, now they're gonna go back when school starts up in September. They're going back and saying, nigga, your hair dick doesn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> your hair dick doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, I just, just want to know who's actually going to try this shit. Like, Man. who's going to be the one? Like, oh, you know, girl, you know what I went and bought the other day? You remember right. the riddle of glue woman? Like, right. She got it. Like, who's going to say that with pride? I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Not but that I, that that shit right there, I'm telling you, that was the first thing I thought of. Like, wait, how is this going to work? Like I don't see how this is gonna work, but I mean, I'm so mad that someone fucking endorsed this bullshit and gave her a fucking thing to get the bag off of some fuckery, nigga. But this is how you know that everything in this world is black and white because I'm sure whoever the CEO of this 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 hair product, probably a white guy. Oh, he put two and two together: black person, hair. Makes she sense. was a big story. Maybe the person who Bro. funded her didn't real the, read the whole story. They just saw black girl and saw all the headlines or, and right. didn't really pay attention. It was like, yeah, I'm going right. to put my money behind right. her because clearly she's popping in the hair. And when she goes <laughs> when she goes hard for her hair, nigga, she goes hard for her hair. I mean, <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of, but whatever. The other the other thing that we want, we're just waiting for, for, for our special guest. So... Um, the one thing she I wanted. Joined. To- she joined already. Oh, did you join already? This you hear? 
No, see, I she, she's here. No, I'm here. I was just amused. Oh, oh okay. There we go. There we go. So we all know Liz. We gotta welcome back Liz. Oh, I can actually. You know what? This is my opportunity. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh yeah, man. So that's that's our that's our welcome back music, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. So the we we wanted this on on this week because I think we have a really really dope topic that requires more than just a regular panel, and we had to have another female on there because I think this is really I know for a fact that 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 my wife has some 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 issues with with the video. So I know Liz is going to have her own opinion in some. Oh, but I think me and Liz's opinion are going to align the same way. So. Okay, so that's why I'm glad I got I got my brothers on my on on my left and my right because I have a feeling that this is going to be protection. yeah. This, I'm gonna need some protection on on this shit. Just, just remember that we not really there. Yeah, okay? yeah. yeah. They're here with me in spirit, and I have two tables in between me and the wife. So all right, all right. So I I definitely learned my lesson, but like. Like I said, I don't know if anybody has, has uh, listened or seen any of the videos by, done by Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels is a lifestyle coach. Lifestyle coach. He's also like a uh, interior designer. He's also a fashion designer. So he did a video with a young lady on Facebook. I posted it to the group text, and I don't know why I'm getting that echo, but I'm going to play you a little bit of what the interview was, and we're going to go off of that. Can you submit to a man? Can you play the background? When you say play the background, what do you mean play the background? Play your natural role. My natural role in being a wife? Yes, in the background. I don't think a natural, a natural role as a wife is in the background. Show me where in the world a natural wife is in front. She's not in front, but she's the side. No, she's not. Well, she's not, Kevin. Are you out of your French toast mind? Don't start. Don't do that now, Kevin. I'm, I'm just giving you my opinion. Okay. Well, when a burglar comes, are you standing side? When somebody's coming to break in the house, are you st- side by side by side your husband? Or are you standing behind him because he's going to have to take the bullet? To be honest, I'm standing beside my husband. Then you're you out of place. Why am I out of place? <laughs> oh, my Tell God. Me how, am I too oh, masculine for it? Oh, oh, my God. Hell, yeah. Your place. Oh, my God. Hold on. Why are you out of place? I'm telling you why you're out of place. Your place. Is but behind your husband guarding the children. Okay. So I'm really on here. Okay. So when your mother, oh, how about your grandmother? Okay. Hold on, Hannah. Your because grandmother was she married? That's another thing, Mister Kevin. Hold on, hold on, Hannah. Let me come right back to you. Let me come back to you, Hannah. Was your grandmother married? Yes, my grandmother was. But that's the thing. With I'm trying to explain to you, we have two different generations right now. The generation that you're trying to explain to us, we're my generation is not living like that no more. Yeah, and that's why you're dying by yourself. But who says there isn't a man that's that's willing to take me for him to me for me? For One in four of you will marry. I mean, look, man, the stats don't work for your argument. Prior to 1965, black black people were married at a rate of 80 percent. You go out to any cemetery, you will see a black a black man buried next to a black woman. Mm-hmm. But you go after 1990, and you'll start seeing black women buried around her children. Why is that? Because y'all are unruly, unsubmissive, and out of line. Well, let me go. Ask, how, go, let me go listen. Go to a restaurant. On Friday or Saturday night, and you'll see a mama. You may see her with her mother and a bunch of kids. There will be no husband. And it- well, how many women at that point in time had degrees and education? Everybody what the fuck does your degree mean? It, why doesn't it mean anything? What is your degree in? 
But why doesn't it mean? What is, what is it? What's the degree? That's not the question. Yes, I, it is. Yes, it is. Because, no, no, I tell you, I, no, no, because because almost ninety percent of the degrees women get are in humanities. That's not the question, though. Yes, it is. That's not it. You don't seem to understand. A fucking, commu- a fucking communications degree is pointless. How is it pointless? And who says I'm, I'm my education and my degree is interesting? Okay, if you want to play the game with me, I'll play with you. You want to bring up degrees, you're going to have to be specific. What percentage of women get degrees that are in science, engineering, technology, or math? Infrastructure. It, I don't think that matters. That's your problem. You don't understand what's important. What's important, what's important then, Mr. Samuels? Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> what's important, Mr. Samuels? That y'all are completely out of line. That you don't even understand how the world works. You're running on override. Men build the world that you live in. Oh, okay. okay. Who built that house or apartment you live in? Was it a crew of women? <sighs> who, designed the, who designed the metal work? Who put in the floor, the plumbing, the, the electrical system, the heating? Who put that in? The car you drive. Was that built by a crew of women? So, so, so women are not capable of doing none of those things? No. You're not good at it. And we're I given a choice. Excuse me. Because we're given a choice. Because women are free today, right? Uh-huh. And you're educated, right? Uh-huh. Then why don't we see 51% of the construction workers as women? Why don't we see 51% of the engineers as women? Why don't we see 51% of the, of the plumbers, electricians, military, train operators, heavy, dangerous work as women? Because when given an opportunity, women segregate themselves into more comfortable positions. Men do the dangerous work to build society. Okay. That's your place. That's my place. That's- I, sh- I should follow my husband. I should follow the man. That's his place. We're not equal. He's stronger than me. He's- he is. He is. No, he is. He is. Go, go look at Bear Grylls Island season two. And they dropped a bunch of men and a bunch of women on a deserted island and gave them some basic, basic tools. And they had to survive for six weeks. By the end of day one, the women had gotten lost and, and uh, were fractured. By the end of day one, men got to one side of the island and started building out a shelter. By the end of six weeks, the men had damn near made the internet. By the end of six weeks, women almost would have died four times. I feel like... Now... <clears throat> Yikes. Let's, let's tread this carefully. Wow. That was, uh, that was yes. only only three minutes of, of the video. The video goes on for nine minutes, over nine minutes. And, you know, it gets, it gets heated, to say the less. But the question, I guess, uh, if we can formulate this, ladies and gentlemen, whose argument is uh, correct, in your opinion? And why do you feel that way? Because I think I don't agree with, with, with everything Mr. Samuels says. But damn, the nigga did make some good points. <laughs> and, I, and if we just being objective, I don't see how you cannot say that he ain't made some good points. So, Fluff is over here making tons of faces. I'm sure Liz is making tons of faces right now. Because I know I am. So I'm gonna toss it to Liz first, since you since you are a guest. Say, absolutely. I want to I want to hear your thoughts on 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 Mr. Kevin Samuel's uh, thinking. Are you sure you do? Um. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm a firm believer that sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And in listening to both, I have to say. I agree with some of the points that they both made and disagree with some of the points they both made. Okay. And this is why. Regarding what he was saying about a woman um, needs to be behind their man, that's BS. I don't believe in that. I agree that a woman should be on the side of their man. And I remember a wise man once told me if God wanted us to be behind a man, he would not have chosen the man's rib to create the woman. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, can't argue with that because the man's rib is from the man's side and it's supposed to be a very strong part mm. of a man's body, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. he chose to create the woman. Nah, can't argue with that. So, 
with that being said, I do believe that a man is supposed to lead. I do believe that a woman is supposed to submit to their man. However, a man needs to earn to be submitted to. A man needs to act like a man for a woman to submit to a man. Not every man deserves to be submitted to. And what he said about um, who, like a man, like the education piece and who built this and build that. And that brings it to what kind of man you're talking about. Because Yes, after whatever year he used, of you see a bunch of women and buried with their children without a man. It's a matter of the context of what was happening in our community and our culture at the time. Our black men are being beaten, put in jail, removed from their families. Black women, we didn't choose to be alone, right? Mm-hmm. I think com- the culture we live in, the things that our men had to go through, we were forced to be single parents for the most part. But, we but let me ask you to, to go to war and fight and die. But let me ask you a question, right? So the 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 statement that he made that you know, I guess when she was saying you know what are women are supposed to do, and he was saying that basically you're unruly. Do you believe that there's or you have always have something to say, or I guess some people will call it nagging. Let's just put it out there. Is there any truth to this? Because I feel there's a lot of black men, especially black men. That could do the right thing, be a man, I guess in the the turn the, the definition, and still get mad shit for it. I think there are women that are that can be very like naggy in their relationships, that can be unruly. And like I said, I think in both parts are right and wrong in some areas. Um, but you can't put every black woman or every woman in one box. Right, you always gonna find women that should probably handle themselves better, carry themselves better as women, and and you know not every woman are wifey material, just like not every man is husband material. Um, you are going to find that, and unfortunately, many of our women don't have the proper role model to know what it's like to to be raised in a home with a man and how to treat a man and what it's like. To have a man to lead in the home. Mm. So in, go ahead, go ahead, Jay. No, I just had a question because I actually agree with what you're saying, Liz, in terms of um, that a man needs to earn his position of being the leader. You know what I mean? Which which I agree with you wholeheartedly because otherwise, women are just supposed to, you know, per our discussion, uh, you know, the theory is that a woman is supposed to follow anybody that got a that got a a dick, (laughs) essentially. With, you know what I'm saying, which is foolishness. So I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. One question I have, though, is that I feel like a lot of this uh, conversation is uh, predicated on what our definition of what a man is. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's something that's that's very subjective. So I'm, I'm, I guess I can ask everybody, but because, you know, we're talking to you right now, Liz, what is what is being a man? What is that? What is that defined by for you? I... I always feel like to to be considered as the man for me personally to be like oh I could submit to you I had to see certain qualities as a first and foremost are you a God fearing man for me secondly are you a provider and when I say provider a lot of people think oh you need a man to take care of you no you don't need to even make more money than me I just need to know that if I can't pay the light bill today you got me <laughs> I need to know that I got a partner of someone that I'm not taking care of everything financially. Like, 
there's two of us providing. I'm not saying it's you and you alone, but if I break my legs tomorrow and I don't work, I need to know you can still provide for me, vice versa. Um, secondly, are you a protector? Can I feel safe with the so-called man that I have? Um, and when you mean when you say protector, what is what, what are the, the details like? So my nigga got a fight. No, not necessarily. But are you gonna? Oh, you want to shoot? No, are you gonna protect me? Not just not protecting a woman doesn't mean financially. But are you gonna protect my heart? Are you gonna protect my? I like when it comes to someone talking about me and who I am. Are you gonna stand up for me? Are you gonna be able to be able to stand up for what I stand for and say this is my partner, my wife, and make me feel proud to be yours and not and part of the protecting thing i read something once is like you supposed to make other women jealous of your woman not make your woman jealous because of you giving attention to other women that is uh, i have to disagree i have to disagree with that statement <laughs> really? that's that listen that is that is what is that that's a that's a trap that's a trap. If we if if we do a good job in protecting our woman, our life, our whatever, and we're making other women jealous, that means the other women are eventually gonna show themselves and try to throw themselves at us, which then causes problems with the woman that you're protecting. I think I I hate that sin. I no, I, I I'm staying all I the way away. I think the question then, P, is when I say make other women jealous, what does that mean to you? I mean, and like how do you? I mean, if, if another woman is jealous of me or jealous because she's not in a relationship with me, I'm flattered, yes, but that's not going to make my wife happy. Okay. Well, what I mean by that is the way you treat your wife, the way you you um, prioritize her needs and her wants, the way you make sure your wife is put first, should make any other woman envy that. Where they're like, wow, the way he treats his wife, I want that. That's what I mean by that. Okay. And do you have the same sentiments, Fluff, or is... is, is what Yes, is, what is, the woman should do the yours? same. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if men should, if the woman should do the same for the man. I was about to say, yes, a woman should do the same for her man. Okay. And do you share the same sentiments, Fluff? Um, I agree with both parts of certain aspects. I disagree with him saying that the women should be behind because we, we know that that is not the case for a lot of people. Um, I think, like Liz said, you know, I think the position of the woman is to um, be beside her husband. But I also don't, I want to, like, emphasize what the, the young lady was saying. The generationals, like, from previous to now, it is different. Back then, like, you know, you, you have, like, the, the traditional husband-wife roles, the wives, be, you know, are at home and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, like, you have women who are like, I don't need a man to, to have a kid and, and raise a family. Like, I can do all of these things on my own. I can be independent. And he's talking about, you know, you don't see a lot of women being construction workers and all. That's flawed because Miami-Dade police has 235 fighters, like, that are women. Like, so we know 
a few women that are construction workers. So I feel like the the trend that he was talking about, like 1956, whatever, I don't think that that is, you know, what it is. And, and she's absolutely right, that different generation, so you can't even put up your argument of something of the past versus now. I think seeing families like he he said like oh you go to a restaurant family night whatever it's it's the mom the grandparents and the kids mm-hmm. but you don't know what the extension of that reason is like liz said we lose a lot of our men's from like violence jails like we don't know what the circumstances why that mm-hmm. is maybe that's just mom and daughter night with the grandkids night you don't know mm-hmm. so i think it's easy to say and say, like, if you go on here and this is what you're seeing, but we don't know the realities of people's situations. Mm-hmm. And so I don't agree with a lot of things that he says. Um, and, and the way he uses, like, the the way he expressed it, right, and, so- like, the, the tone of it, like, it was almost like, you know, I am the man, you don't have no say, you don't have no words, right. sit down, little girl, go sit in the corner because you ain't got shit to say. All right, so save that. So, so fellas... Your overall thoughts on, on on what Mr. Samuel said? I mean, I'll jump in. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I think he's got a lot of points. Um, I agree with a lot of what Liz and Fluff was already saying. Like, um, you know, as a man, you definitely need to earn your position. Um, you know, you need to you know, carry yourself in a certain way, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, do things, you know, to build your own life, you know, as a man before, you know, you step into a woman trying to, you know, have her, you know, be submissive to you. But, you know, at the same time, like, as we all know, I'm a Christian, like, you know, God did set up, you know, marriage in a certain way. Like, you know, there's certain things that are said about, you know, how, um, you know, the marriage relationship should function. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of there for a reason. And, you know, I I don't know. It's rough because I think that, you know, have women been like, you know, subjugated to a lot of uh, mistreatment and, um, you know, just like, you know, things that were unnecessary over, you know, millennia, like, yeah, sure, of course. You know what I mean? I think we could all, you know, agree that, you know, like, women and women's rights are, you know, in a better position now than they were, but then at the same time, it's like, you know, there's um, a difference between saying, like, like, I think that this becomes such a negative connotation with the like original like roles of wife and mother uh-huh. that you know that like you know kind of women today just like from my experience you know what I mean just you know don't want to like a lot I would say a large portion of them don't want to. Um, embrace anything that came from before, like you were saying, like that traditional um, mindset around roles. And, you know, I think that if they were, you know, so completely terrible, like if it just was something that did not work at all, it worked for 
you know, as long as it had, you mm-hmm. know, what I mean? regardless of, you know, kind of what women's stations were like, there's still a large percentage of people who it did work for, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who were, you know, very satisfied and happy, you know, with their lives as they were, you know, embracing, you know, a lot of, to, of the traditional roles. And it's, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just something that, you know, you, you wonder, you know, how much is getting lost in translation, you know, as we, you know, continue to move on. So, and what's up with you, Jay? I mean, a couple things, a couple things I'm not, I'm just observing just in terms of like where we are as a society, like, you know, nowadays. Uh, if it, it to me, it parallels like when you see uh, like a pastor's child. Mm. Um, that can finally go out and do their own thing and is not no longer living under the shadow of having to be a pastor's child. They, you know, generally often you hear about them, you know, rebelling and they wind up going out and just enjoying the secular world and, and everything that it has to offer. And because they've been so, you know, repressed for so long that when they finally get that, that door open, they go ham and they, they lose their minds and they wind up going a little too hard. You know what I'm saying? They, they might lose themselves way more than somebody that actually has exposure in that um, for a whole time. And now I'm not saying that women are losing themselves um, today, but it, like just the, the adverse reactions they have to the historical norms, the historical gender norms are they're very strong on a general level nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like at some point they'll wind up, the, the norms will wind up evening themselves back out because I think there are certain things that we had to do away with, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we were coming from a time where women weren't allowed to work, that women couldn't vote, all kinds of shit, you know what I'm saying? So like there, there needed to be certain things to change, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, but then I also feel like within that, there are certain gender roles that are played within relationships that, you know, might've lent themselves to a functional relationship. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think we're in a time where now where everybody has to define, define their own individual roles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, they got to define their own roles for themselves within a the relationship. So that's, that's one. Um, two, I wonder what, what do we mean? Because th- there were some terms that, that, just raised my eyebrows that Kevin Samuels used in terms of um, women's relation to men and just like one calling them unruly and mm. um, you know submissive mm. and like unruly I wonder what he means but what does unruly mean mm. and then two like what does submission look like in a modern day society mm. you know what I mean like what what do we mean when we're saying that mm. because personally I, I would like a wife that submits to logic you know what I'm saying? So if I'm saying some shit that makes sense and you might not agree with it, but if it makes more sense than what the fuck you're saying, then yeah, run with what the fuck I'm saying. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if you don't understand what I'm saying, have enough trust in me to know that, hey, I'm leading us down the right path, especially mm. if you don't really have a sure answer for yourself on how to get from A to B. Mm. If I have a logical uh, you know, root for us to get there, then just submit to me that way. But that's still submitting to the logic and, mm. and trusting and submitting to your trust of me as, as you know, to, to play that position in that moment. But I do wonder what that means, just like on a general level. Like, what is, what, what do we, what do we think submission is? I don't know. For the unruly part, though, I feel like the girl he was talking to, he would consider her unruly. I think in his. 
in in and this is just my opinion, I think his context is unruly is a woman challenging whatever the fuck he got to say. So if it's just your wife or your girlfriend saying like, I don't agree with this decision, you're being unruly because I challenged the man. Because according to him, the man is the, the, you know, the head. And how dare I challenge you as that, you know, the man. That's what I got from it. No, I, I, like I got the same. I got that. That's how I feel like his unruly. That's what it means. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I, that sentiment is saying like I felt like he was saying because she was laughing in the background because she was. No, that's her friend. No, I know, but because she was, you know, not shutting up and listening to what he had to say right. and had something to say on home. I did, I did think that right. that kind of enraged him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that, and that part I don't agree with because I do think that, especially when you're married, both opinions count, and if they don't count, it's not gonna work. So, I think when we got it, he was a little bit turned up too. Like oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, what my my biggest question would really, I guess, to to the fe- to the ladies on the show is, if he had said it in a different way, would that have made a difference for you? No, not for me. Because like, even if you take away the negative aspect, the negative tone in what he was saying, and like what he's saying, I as a woman. Who don't walk behind no fucking man know that I don't agree with that shit. Okay, but see now this is where I feel a lot of women kind of outrule men is because it, it's almost like our opinion don't really mean anything. Even your being, opinion matters, right? Just, but even with it's being, not only your opinion. Like, but right, but when we say happy wife, happy life, it's just a woman who's happy. Because let's make sure your wife is happy, but the man, but the man, the traditional does, roles that like it's. It's always like the woman is the is the how you they run the household while you go out and make the 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 whatever the dough or right whatever. and I think like that's where the conflict the of interest for him is because and his he's saying that you're saying that you run the world because you're a woman I'm saying but the I things bring that actually bacon and I can take care of home at and the same so time. he's asking the question which is more important bringing home the bacon or having a place to live in because the women because women are not, are not making. Stuff that that involves Nigga, everyday life, you, but I make the bacon. No, I'm not talking about what you make. I'm talking about infrastructure, like he said. So the road work to get to work is basically done by men. The cars that are that are being built, but that, are done, and but, that's where it's all around. So that's where you have the problem from. Who cares if y'all made the road, the railways, and all of that shit? Like okay. we, like if if I have to take a, a, a note out of Beyonce's thing, y'all may have created, but we run the world, like literally. Y'all create shit, but we make shit work. Like, you built the car, we the fucking engine. Like, we the oil, we all of that. Like, we make it work. If if we, if we we're not here, y'all can't do it. It'd just be an empty fucking car sitting in the driveway. And see, this, this is where I start to have a problem. Not necessarily what you're saying, Cassie, but just like the overall sentiment that one, one gender's role is more important than the next. Mm. Because I think that's where we go wrong in this shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like we're both here for a fucking reason. Right. If men could do it by ourselves, women would not exist. Mm. If women could do it by themselves, we would not exist. You know what I'm saying? So like we're here to balance each other's out. And we have strengths and weaknesses, generally speaking. And, like, and this is another thing. I have a hard time with anybody that says that there are no fundamental differences between men and women. Now, we are both capable 
of things. You know what I'm saying? We can both accomplish things. But for us to have, we are anatomically and biologically different, which to me in, insinuates that our brains are going to be wired somewhat differently. If our bodies are built differently, it's going to affect how our brains work. Not to say one person's more stupid than the next or whatever, but it's just going to affect our thought process. You know what I'm saying? It's going to affect the way the synapses fire and all that shit. Like somehow, some way, and I'm no brain, I'm no neurosurgeon, no neuroscientist, so I can't identify exactly how. Well, this is, this is, this is where the females take over. This is y'all expertise. Like how you just said, Jay, like one is incomplete without the other. Right. So just like P is saying, like and what then what this guy Steve is saying, he built the roll wheels. Okay, but we making that shit function. So we're essentially like y'all are the cause, we are the effect type of thing. You know what I mean? Like you built it, we run it. Like it's still a joint thing. But like in his sense, he's saying like we don't have a role at all. Is what I was getting from this dude. Like my job is just to be the mom, take care of the house and the kids. Like. Even the example, like if a burglar busts through this door, I, my job is behind my man. Nigga, I'm first in line in this bitch. And let and me that's just before he was in the chair or not. Let me just explain the reason why she's first in line. Oh I don't do good with confronting. Okay, that's just not we my ba- nature. Okay, but again, going to jail, we balancing each other out. Nigga. <laughs> that's I'm that's just like, right. Nah, but but that's that just to, to give our listeners a clear indication as to why I present my wife first and I stand behind. I guess. <laughs> It's because I don't do good with conversa- uh, confrontations, okay? I stutter. I don't know what to say at times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I figured, like, I delegate. I delegate. She's much better at, at, conf- on co- at conflict than I am. She's, she's witty. She's spot on. So if he has a response, she's going to have a response waiting for him before he has the next one. That's not me. All right. So I knew I know my role. I played my role. She plays hers. So that's the reason if anyone is questioning my manhood right now and why I don't you know be first what's also that's one of the things because that's why i was asking like what does it mean to be a man because a lot of this conversation is based on that that simple Mm. definition Mm. And, and that's my thing like like you say, you're no less of a man because she's going to play that role. But traditionally, that would minimize your manhood. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This, is, this goes like, back to our previous conversation on a previous show. If we at the club and your girl's getting her ass beat, are you stepping in? I mean, <laughs> can we discuss what got your ass with? Can, can we discuss what you did? <laughs> what, what you say? What you say, Vic? What's going on? I told you not to do. Right, right. <laughs> right. Were you submitting to my so, project in the moment or not? So, Liz, so let me ask you, right? Does that does that change the overall, I guess, qualifications of a man if he doesn't do, I guess, the quote on what quote man role in certain situations? You asking me or Liz? Liz. I think that it depends on what role you're using as the man's role. All right, so if someone is knocking at your door, it's late at night, you don't know who the hell it is. Are you expecting your man to get up, or are you going to get up? Yes. The same way if my baby's crying at 2 a.m., I'm sure my man is expecting me to get up and see what's wrong with the baby. See, men don't get extra credit for that, though. We should get extra credit for that. For what? what she just said. Getting you, up to check the no, if if, getting up to if, check. if we get up when when there's a child, she didn't say if she said 
<laughs> she's expected you would be expecting her to get up at 2 a.m. if the baby is crying just like she would expect you to got it knocking at so the if door. i don't get up at 2 a.m. what i'm saying is, is that if i don't get up at 2 a.m. i say babe no you go ahead you do it you want extra credit for getting up and doing my role and doing my job but if i get up because the baby's crying and i say you know what i'm gonna get up every night and do this we don't get extra credit oh so you want a cookie for doing your absolutely if role. you guys get a cookie absolutely we well, need well, a cookie i'm not too. asking for no fucking cookie oh but you would remind the man the I, day I that he didn't get up because, because the door i was- know my ass in this relationship would be the one getting up i'm talking i'm talking about in general terms <laughs> we we can't talk general for us <laughs> oh y'all not standing with me no more <laughs> No, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying, that's what you say. We can't speak general here. General does not apply to this relationship. I guess so it all, it really all comes down to your belief on just gender roles in, in, in general. Exactly. So, so look, let me, let me, let me present my context, right? My context is um, Ephesians 5, starting at 22. Just bear with me for a little. So, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also of the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish so are men to love their wives as their own bodies he that loveth his wife loveth himself so like that's that's my context right so like we focus a lot on like women should be submissive, submit to your husband, submit to your husband, submit to your husband. But other part of that is husbands love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. So it means literally you have to be ready to die for your wife. Like, so whether that's, you take that as when somebody busts through the front door, you got to be first in line, whether that means you got to work the extra hours of OT because, you know what I mean, your wife can't do it and you don't have to bring in that extra bread, like whatever it means, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you're supposed to be willing and ready to do for your wife. If you want your wife to submit to you the way that, you know, the word is saying. So, like, that's that's part of it is, like, you need to show that woman love to that level where she knows that, she'll die, that you'll die for her. Mm. Before she's ready to submit to you and just say, I'm following you, you know what I mean, for whatever purpose. Right. You know what Protection I mean? Piece. Right. So, you know what I mean? That's how, to me, that's how it works together. You know what I'm saying? And that's where, like I'm saying, each role is important. It's different. Each role is different, but each role is just as important. Mm. And I just want to add a little bit to that when I was saying earlier about the protector and making sure that others envy what I have Mm. is because if you love your spouse the way God loves the church, everyone will see it and know, like, wow, this person really loves his wife. The way you treat your wife, the way you talk to your wife, your actions towards your wife will speak louder than any words you could say. 
when other people see how you treat your spouse. And that's what I mean by the protecting and how you treat your wife and others envies it or, or jealous of that. Now that definitely that definitely makes sense and puts it in perspective. Yeah, for sure. I mean we get- willing to die for me. Oh yeah, I see I see that my thing is is I think I am. I don't know. I think it depends on the day for you. I think oh, it depends. I have to choose you or the children? No, see that's not part of the that's, equation. That's, that's not part of the equation. The equation is But I'm I'm that is because I like it's not just you. It's the, there's children involved. Right. But the if question is the question no is children, the question yes. is would you die for me? No. Right. So I like I said I think it depends on the day. But I'm saying, like, the reason it's no is because we have children. But I would die for you, children or not. Like, if, if But it's different. It's a different relationship that I have with my children than you do. You're a father, but these ch- children grew inside. They were part of me. So it's a different connection. You get what I'm saying? Now, to you guys, does that sound... Does that make sense? Does that sound negative? I feel I feel a negative tone to that. No, there's no negative tone. I'm just saying if I had to choose, I'd choose my kids. All right, go ahead. What would you say, Liz? So, Cassie, I I hear what you're saying as a mom, but I think, again, it's how you say it. Mm. Um, (laughs) Yes, you definitely want to. I think if you were to put it more like as the mother, you may feel like you want to be there to provide and protect for your kids and, and support your kid as a, as a mom. And you may feel like you may be able to do that role as the mother better maybe than he can. But it's not only because, oh, they came out of me and I love them more and I'm going to take and choose my kids. It's more who is better fit to make sure the children are taken care of long term if one of us was to pass. And that's why I died for you in a heartbeat. Because I know I, going forward, know you're that. better off than I am. I know that, though. We've already established that because we've had conversations about this before. I just think Mr. Samuels could... I wasn't could, trying to be negative, and I was just saying if I had to choose you or my children... No, nah, I got you. you know. I just think Mr. Samuels could have... I don't know if there's a better way for him to... He's just brutally honest in some cases, but I don't know if there's a better way that he could kind of put this or say it to them. But I know, like I said, some of the stuff, that he, some of the points that he was making, the, especially with the, the degrees and, and, and what you're choosing to go into your line of field, I think all that does play a role. And I, to a certain extent, I do agree with him on that. But I think overall, we still got a long way to go with gender roles, man. Like this, just, just certain things we're supposed to do, certain things you're supposed to do. And I, I see, and, and this is uh... a... Especially now in this day and age where we're in, uh, we're at a time where gender roles are being redefined like drastically, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's, it's, it's a crusade, Mm. you know what I mean? To Mm. make this shit happen. It's, it's tough to, to give a general definition for that, you Mm. know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be, it's going to be different from couple to couple, especially like, I don't think that's going to change. I think we're, we're especially like women are, are really becoming like way more liberated and way more, um, you know, I hate to even say that being allowed to do more, you mm. know what I'm saying? But like, that's kind of because of the patriarchy that's been set up. It's like, yeah, now legislation is being passed and so women, you know, women can be right on the front lines in the army now, you know mm. what I'm saying? There was a time where they couldn't mm. and you know, shit like that. And like, you can, you can, you'll, you're liable to see a CEO, a female CEO of like a billion dollar company. Now, mm. You know mm. what I mean? Perfectly running that shit better than any dude that could. So 
But the one thing that makes me wonder is, are we at a place in society and culture where we now approach marriage differently, which means that we are not um, preparing ourselves for those roles that we're supposed to take in the same way, you know what I mean? Which might be detrimental to how those unions flourish. And um, I guess I could be more specific. Like, are we, um, yeah, are we, I don't feel like we're, we're being raised to be a husband anymore. I don't feel like women are being raised to be wives mm. on a general level anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way society functions and has changed now and evolved. Whereas, like, again, once again, women can get work. Women can go and do their own thing now. People can go to fucking sperm clinics and, you know, get artificial, artificial insemination mm. and all that. There's a lot of ways that we all can survive and flourish without the next person. And I think that's being celebrated and that's, that's what's being... Um, that's what's being fed and fostered in our youth now, which is giving them a certain, a, like a, a strength and an empowerment, which I completely support and applaud. But then is on the flip side, is that creating an adverse effect in terms of how marriages and unions form? Um, I think I can, for me, I know for sure. I didn't learn how to, I guess, grow up to be a, a husband. Like that's, Definitely not something that I was in my playbook. And I think it took me to be in a chair to kind of give the same respect to women, especially my my wife. It's, it's taken me to be in a wheelchair to even consider having the wife be the head of the household, having her be the one that makes the bacon, like, and being okay with that. Because it's, it's, every guy, think, especially me, I think you always, like, you know, the politically correct answer is to say, yeah, I would always support my wife if she was the breadwinner. But then you're going to feel some type of way if she is the breadwinner, especially if you're able-bodied and you're able to go out there and do whatever it is that you want to do and you have no limitations. I think that you feel some type of way deep down, like, damn, my wife is the able-bodied or the breadwinner of the family. But because I'm limited in certain aspects, it's kind of like I've kind of gotten used to being okay with not being the breadwinner and being okay with her being the leader of the family and basically, you know, let her drive that truck. But I think if I was able-bodied, I think it would be a lot different. Question to you beyond that, it's like, now, does that, does, does that discomfort uh, with the woman being the quote-unquote breadwinner on a traditional level, do you think that comes from, like, male ego or is that something that's been imposed on us historically? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, I think people have always, you know, said, like, the man is supposed to answer the door at 2 a.m. The man is supposed to go out there and work however many hours he needs to work in order to make sure that his family was cool. I think that's been something that's been taught to us in Britain and just passed down for so long that, yeah, like, we just getting automatically, we're in that mindset, like, this is what I got to do for my family or whatever. But it does take something, like, my situation to happen for you to even open the door to allow any other thoughts because i think if i had this wheelchair never came into my life i don't know if i would be as open-minded as i am so i mean that's just me personally though is that an antiquated 
viewpoint or is, is that something that's still valid today for us to expect like as men like all right we need to be the breadwinners like we need to be the ones earning that money because a lot of women out here are getting really good fucking jobs nah. a lot of women out here are very educated you know what i'm saying and it could just come down to uh the determination of what your life choices were mm. or, or, you know or what you chose to major in or whatever you know what i'm saying what you chose to pursue opposed to being a no good nigga that's just gonna be stuck on the couch all day not doing shit it's like my what maybe my wife just has a better job maybe right she just chose to do something differently but does that diminish me as a man does that mean i'm not doing my job because i'm not quote unquote providing financially you know i mean i think it's the the culture that we have now is i think as a woman we just want you to be able to provide in whatever context i feel like traditionally you always see oh this nigga ain't got no job this nigga all he wants to do like i think some women now are at the point like as long as he has a job like we're at that point just have a job like we don't even care if it's not like you know a a career or you know what i mean like just have a job so we're so it's not always on the woman i think that's how some people are like thinking now at least some of my friends like that's that's where we're at like in my age group we don't even care if it's not like you know like i said you a, a cop or like you pursued acting or becoming a teacher or engineer. Like we're not asking like work at McDonald's. I don't care. You have a job. See, I have to, I have to disagree. I have to disagree. I mean, some people I have to will disagree. shame that like, Oh, this nigga work at McDonald's. Yeah. See, I have, I, like, it, I, I feel like, I feel like you're speaking for a selective few groups of women, like women in your age group who are professionals. Absolutely. They think like that. They feel like that. But I know too many people personally that that's not the case, that they can have a job at McDonald's. They can have a job at Home Depot and it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And it's a constant reminder. Sorry, but by black women that it's not good enough. No, I'm not saying and then, that it's not. But I'm just saying, I think we're at the point we're at the, the time of like the structure where we just we just want you to have a job like we're we're not nitpicking anymore. Like some women are just not. He has a job, girl. That's it. It may not be much, but the nigga bring in something. Can I just jump in about that? It's it's unfortunate, but what um, Miss Fluff is saying is true. And part of that is I'm a statistic person. I like to see the numbers and see why things are the way they are. And I was reading once how they are more. Women, um, black women with college degrees than they are black men with college degrees. So therefore, it's obvious black women are going to make more money than black men, right? With that being said, they are more white men with college degrees than they are white women with college degrees. So when you look at that, it's like, well, yeah, that's why a lot of black women feels like I'm bringing home the bacon and I'm doing all the work and I don't need a man because they out there getting the education, getting um, the degrees. And there are many factors as to why that's happening. It's not because all black men are lazy. They don't want to get an education. There are various factors as to why our black men are not getting educated as well and as much as the black men are. 
But mm. when a white man, a white woman is less white, or where there are more white men that are educated or higher level education than a white woman, of course they're gonna feel like, yeah, I need my man. Yes, more white men are bringing in more income than their white women, right? And unfortunately, that is the the st- statistics, and that's what we're living in. So, black men are just going to have to accept the fact that. Most likely you're gonna get into a relationship where your woman is gonna have a bachelor's, master's, doctorate degree, will bring home more money than you, but that doesn't mean you sit home and do nothing. Mm-hmm. We just want you to still hold your position as a man and still provide as the man to some extent. And I, I think also and to piggyback on that, I think there's a lot of different ways that um, we can provide. You know what I'm saying? So I think right now we're focused on uh, a financial provision. But I think, like, let's say in a scenario where the woman is making more money, she really don't need the man's money. And it's like, you know, you working at McDonald's, let's say somehow that partnership formed or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like your little bum-ass check from Mickey D's ain't really going to do shit. So, like, it's not really about what you bring to the table financially. Like, okay, you can afford to pay for dinner three days out of the week. You know what I'm saying? That's You're covering that part of the groceries. But she's covering everything else. It's still on you as a man to figure out what else am I bringing to the table. Like, you still got to be bringing something to the table you know what I mean um, whether it is that physical protection whether it is an emotional spiritual protection or provision like something like there is something else for us to bring other than dollars to the table and I think honestly it's the dollars are only a representation of security you know what I mean in a specific form and at the end of the day like we're supposed to provide a sense of security now you, now nah, you, you guys are you're all definitely right, and it, it was a perfect segue, perfect segue. Now that we're talking about about women and and gender roles and and things, this rumor that Issa Rae is 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 going to be the next Spider Woman man, uh, however you want to call it, like she's slated to be that next Spider Man feature. So. With that being said, where do you guys see, or is this a good look for Spider Man or Spider Woman? It's Spider Woman. So that's what it'll be called, Spider Woman, right? There's a Spider Woman character in the comics. Like, it's it's normal, it's good. Mm, Okay. Oh, okay. So it's not like she's going to be t- like Spider Woman is going to be taking the place of the Spider Man franchise. No. It's going to be yeah. in addition to. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought she was just going to be like the new Spider Man. You know what I'm saying? I, I took that too, though. I th- yeah, because think- it says it's, she's casted as the first ever Spider Woman for Marvel. Okay. I've actually, yeah. So, yes. Nah, that's, that's, that's dope, man. That's dope. Because, like I said, I mean, we've. We've had Spider-Man for God knows how long. I mean, just re- just think about recently. We've had some terrible Spider-Mans too. Like, not for nothing, but we've had some terrible Spider-Man. So it it, it can't hurt than to have a, a female play not only Spider-Woman or whatever, but maybe possibly replace some of these terrible Spider-Mans because it's a completely separate, completely separate. Okay, character. so she's just gonna be her she's own Spider-Woman. Okay, so like okay. So that I'm, she black and it's the first Spider Woman. I'm all, ever. I'm all, I'm all with that. I'm all with that, man. I don't see that being a bad thing at all. Hell no. And I think as as left field as it, it seems, like even for me personally, I I, I never would have guessed her. You know what I'm saying? But once I heard that it was her, I'm like, 
I can I can really fucking mm. see that. Actually. Right, right. Because especially the way the Marvel com the Mar- the Marvel movies work, like they always use a lot of humor in that shit. Mm. You gotta have like a strong character, you know. Gotta be an actor that really makes the audience like fall in love with them. You know what I'm saying? The audience really gotta be on their side, and Issa Rae is already that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and she are we already know she got the comedic chops. It's just gonna be interesting to see her take on like an action role. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Like really do those stunts and you know be in action sequence. And shit like that. It's gonna be. It's. I'm. I'm. Hyped. I'm actually. I'm real happy. Like, I think it's dope. Well, you say no. Your, your mic is crazy. Oh, uh, say so Jay breaking out all the real acting joints for you. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, for real though. No. For real though, no. I mean that's. <laughs> to go from to, to go from insecure, and honestly, it makes me think about um, Tyler Perry actually. And I'm I'm just because like their their positions in their own shows and their own lane are kind of similar. You know what I'm saying? He's a rates producers like the the whole insecure series, and like she's gone on to like really be a producer for a lot of different shows and shit. One of them, Black Lady Sketch Comedy Show, which is fucking hilarious on HBO. Y'all gotta watch that shit. That shit's mad funny. But um, but yeah, and I, I just I just hope. Because we've seen Tyler, you know, take on other roles that weren't Medea or his own franchise. And, he, you know, it didn't necessarily, you know, lead to the same amount of success as his own franchises had. You know what I mean? And so um, I just hope we see the success translate for Issa Rae. I did not want to pay attention problem. to the chat. I mean, either way, man. Like I said, it's a, it's a good look for her. It'll be a good look for women. Like you know. Before we get up out of here, though, we get, we definitely got to do our black light because that you know that's tradition. So this week it's on it's on Jay. So Jay, it's up to you. Yes, sir. And it's actually a good, a good, uh, perfect transition because this this week's black light is actually um, and a concert singer a. Legendary stage and screen actor um, goes by the name of Paul Robeson. Um, for those those of y'all that don't know, like I said, Paul Robeson was um, an amazing trailblazing um, actor, concert singer, and he was also a very very heavily um, pol- he was also very heavily politically active and um, very outspoken at that time. So we'll go into that a little bit. So Paul Robeson was born May, uh, April 9th, eighteen ninety eight. Um, he was born in Princeton, New Jersey, um, and it's notable that his father was actually born into slavery and that his father actually eventually escaped um, the plantation in his teens and it wound up becoming a pastor and um, but due to financial hardships um, you know his mother actually died in a house fire when he was six and his father lost his job as a preacher due to the racial tensions in the area so they wound up actually having to move into the attic of a store um, and just to, just to give you a little background from where he started to where he wound up ending up um, he, he went to Somerville High School in Somerville New Jersey where he performed to plays and sang in the chorus and excelled in sports like football, basketball, baseball, and track. And prior to graduating from Somerville High School, he actually won a statewide academic scholarship to attend Rutgers University. And he was also named the class valedictorian. 
So it was always a brilliant young dude. Uh, and he was actually the third African-American to attend Rutgers and was the only one there at, at the time that he was attending. Um, and while at Rutgers, he was a standout on the football team. He was an All-American twice, and he was actually posthumously inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, he was also elected valedictorian at, um, in college. After college, he attended NYU Law School in 1919 and then eventually transferred to Columbia Law after feeling uncomfortable due to, you know, racism at NYU. Um, while he was in law school, he wound up playing for the NFL for two seasons. Mind you, I say again, while he was in law school, he played two seasons for the NFL for the teams, the Akron Pros and the Milwaukee Badgers. And um, he retired after two years once he completed his law degree. After completing his law degree, he worked briefly as a lawyer, but soon quit due to racism. Um, but his big break came as an actor when he starred in, uh, when he started as Brutus in a revival of The Emperor Jones. Um, and his success as an actor got him into elite social circles. Social circles. He wound up traveling overseas and doing shows in the West End in London, which is the equivalent, their equivalent of Broadway. Um, and he also acted on Broadway in New York as well. Um, and so his success as an actor got him into elite social circles, and he actually was befriended by members of parliament. So this is this is a special dude. He wasn't just the average, you know what I mean? Like people saw, at every level in his life, people saw something, saw greatness within him, um, blacks and whites alike. Um, he also played uh, Joe in a revival of Showboat on Broadway. In 1935, he became an international movie star due to his role of Bosambo in Sanders of the River. And But he received backlash for the role because uh, of its stereotypical portrayal of African colonialism. And once he received that backlash, he actually became much more politically conscious in when he was choosing his roles. So he messed up a little bit. He saw what it did to the people. was like, yeah, we're not going to do that again. And from then on, he was really a political figure and uh, was, was very cognizant of what his roles represented not only for himself but for black people in our culture um he was heavily opposed to fascism in the late 1930s he actually started to use his concert performances to advocate for the republic during the spanish civil war um he and his family returned to u.s like he was he wound up being overseas like i said in london for a while they returned to the u.s shortly after world war ii became world war ii began and he became uh what some in america called america's number one entertainer um, during a tour in 1940 only one major la hotel would accommodate him and he actually made sure to sit in the lobby for two hours every day while he was there just to ensure that black people knew they were welcome there and that they had a home to go to anytime they were in LA. So he was always, he, he really began his political activism on a fundamental, like on grassroots level, really just to make an F, make a change. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm jumping around because he had, there's a lot of political social movements that he was a part of. So I'm just kind of jumping around here. Uh, after an appearance in 1942's Tales of Manhattan, Robeson announced that he'd no longer act in films uh, due to the stereotypical portrayal of, of uh, the role. He was he was not happy with that. So he, he wound up just backing up all the way and kind of committed his life to social and political activism. Um, in, 19, in, in 1950, Robeson was actually blacklisted due to his public comments about support for some communist ideals. He was not a communist, but there were some ideals of communism that he supported and was hoping that this country would adopt. Uh, but McCarthyism, we you know we know that McCarthyism was about the, the uh, basically suppressing any potential communist 
uh, movements in, in America. So he became an enemy of the FBI, became an enemy of the state, essentially. Um, and so in 1950, he was actually denied a passport by the State Department due to his outspoken nature about the treatment of blacks. And also, but also in 1950, because they wanted to silence him, he and W.E.B. Du Bois um, actually founded a monthly newspaper called Freedom, where he could actually showcase and voice his political views and get that out to the people freely. Um, he even was able to present an anti-lynching petition to the United Nations in 1951. Um, he wound up doing a tour later on in his life where it landed him in Australia. He became an active, outspoken member of against, um, against you know, there was oppression against Aborigines in Australia at the time. So basically anywhere he went, he was about making it right for the people. Uh. You know what I mean? Um, to, and just to jump forward, so he wound up um, dying, let me see, it was January 23rd, 1976, um, at the age of 77. Um, one thing, I will just go down quickly in terms of, like, the honors that he received, so... Uh, 1998, he, the second SOAS, University of London Halls of Residence, uh, was named in his honor. In 2002, a blue plaque was unveiled by English Heritage on the house in Hampstead where he lived. In May 8, on May 18, 2002, a memorial concert celebrating the 50th anniversary of his concert across the Canadian border that took place at the, took place at the same spot at Peace Park in Vancouver. In 2004, uh, U the U.S. Postal Service issued a stamp in his honor. In 2006, a plaque was unveiled in his honor at the University of London. Um, in 2009, he was inducted to the, the New Jersey Hall of Fame. Uh, the main campus library at Rutgers University in Camden is named after Robeson. In 1972, Penn State established a formal cultural center on the University Park campus. Um, and students and staff chose to name the center after Robeson. A street in Princeton, New Jersey is named after him. So pretty much everybody, everywhere he went, recognized that this man was a legend, was was greatness. And uh, one, basically the biggest thing I think that we need to emphasize about him, because I only gave you a snippet of his accomplishments and what he what he really uh, you know meant for the culture. But biggest thing for me that I, I gathered from doing my research on him was that he was at the peak of his career, the height of his success. And, and being an actor, number one entertainer in America. And he chose to sacrifice that for the greater good of the people. He was heavily involved in the civil rights movement as well. And he said, look, y'all not going to shut me up for speaking up for what's right. So you want to take my career? Go ahead. You can have that. But I'm going to keep fighting. And this is actually the work that I need to be doing anyway. So thank you for freeing up some of my time. You know what I mean? And um, I think for that alone, and then also still being able to be recognized as a legend in stage, in screen, on on um, on in, 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 concert halls, you know what I'm saying? As a singer, this man was a legend ahead of his time. He was a political and social activist. And um, for that, I say shine on, Paul Robeson. Shine on. Shine on, brother. Yeah, that's Trailblazer a for sure. Like, he's one of those dudes that without him, Denzel wouldn't be here. Don Cheetah wouldn't be here. Anthony Mackie wouldn't be here. Morris Chester, whoever. I don't care. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Whoever right. it is, like, he, he trailblazed for all of us. You know? I'm glad he you brought him legendary up. performances as Othello as well. Right. Right. I was going to say, like, I think he played Othello. Othello. Uh, Othello, yes. whatever. But, like, I remember learning about him in, um, in undergrad for African American music. And I was like, damn, they had, like, black opera singers and shit. Uh, for sure. For and he sure. was, like, really, you know, 
and he, he killed it. And not to mention, I, I did mention, but also let's not forget the man was a star athlete. Like mm. he could have done, he could have went any way he wanted to. Two-time All-American played in the NFL while at law school. Right. Mm. Who's doing that? Right. Who's doing that today? No. Nah, but there were some things that we want to come. We going to get to next week because obviously we've we've gone over right now. So I want to just pass it off to the shout outs. Anybody, Liz, you're up first. You have any shout outs you want to go um and shout out today? Yes, I'm going to give a shout out to all the fathers, especially some of you, if your fathers on the show. For it is Father's Day. So I'm just gonna say happy Father's Day and to all the men that are doing what they're supposed to do at father as fathers. Give them a shout out for today. That's good shit, man. Happy Father's Day to everybody. I said I meant that as well. Happy Father's Day, man. That's good shit, Liz. B, what you got for shout outs, bro? Man, just everybody who actually uh hung in with us and uh, you know, they still listening to the to the pod. We appreciate y'all. Um yeah, I mean, let's, let's keep rolling. Jay, shout out. Uh, shouting out uh, all the black people in America because we finally got Juneteenth to be recognized. Um, shout out, you know, even shout out the Biden administration for making that happen um, because we just came from an administration that was doing the polar opposite and trying to establish 1776 committee to erase black history. Meanwhile, we have a federal holiday that actually celebrates it. So, yeah, shout out to all of us for, for seeing this day. Fluff, shout out. Uh, shout out to all the fathers, um, like Liz said, because today is Father's Day, but not just like, you know, biological fathers talking about foster fathers if you're a godfather if you're like you know shout out to all of them too because having that male figure in a child's life is very important no matter what your specifically fatherish role is um so shout out to all of the you know the dads the maybe dads the almost dads the dads that lost kids you know um happy father's day to all of y'all and to our fans you know you know we were on a little hiatus but we're back so you know, we appreciate you guys for sticking around and rocking with us and look forward to more stuff. Yeah, man. I'm just going to I got a couple of shout outs for everybody that's listening, that continues to listen. Like Bud said, like Fluff said, man, thank you. Uh, life happens, man. So the world started opening up and we was just like, yeah, let's just, just go do shit that we ain't did in, in a year. So that's basically what the hiatus was. Um, also, I want to say shout out to... Uh, what is my man's name? I got to make sure I got his name correct because I'm going to put a plug here. Um, his name is Stephen Satterfield. Stephen Satterfield, Satterfield is a chef. He's a movie producer. And right now he has a documentary on Netflix called High Off the Hog. And it basically gives you a documentary of just African-American food, how it plays a role in everything, in life. Every, and when I tell you, Everything is everything. Like, my nigga, Wakanda is for real. If you don't believe me, just watch this shit, and you're going to see Wakanda is for real, my niggas. So watch that. High Off the Hog is on Netflix. You'll love it. Um, shout out to all to, to the panel, man. I missed y'all big time. So, uh, Liz, thank you for being here today. Guys, thank you for being here. And, um, you know, we're going to keep doing what to do. So till the next time we catch y'all on the flip, don't work too hard, and have a good week.